everybody. Can we talk about Star Wars? I think George Lucas gonna sue somebody. That's right. It's Bo here with an Ahsoka TV talk of sorts. First of all, uh, elephant in the room. It's been a minute. So hi, how y'all doing? Y'all, everybody doing good? We all doing good here? If you've never listened to the show before, uh, TV Talk, it's a podcast where we talk about various TV shows. Generally, it has gone through multiple evolutions in the way in which this is accomplished. Me, myself personally, my preferred method is to be joined by a good buddy of mine, uh, Bell, as we discuss a couple of things around our favorite television show. But for convenience sake, a lot of times it ends up being, you know, me just sharing some things off the cuff as it relates to whatever show just aired. We call these minis. Now, part of the reason why I haven't actually done this in a while is because I haven't quite had a show that I felt I had enough to contribute to that I also enjoyed, if that makes sense. We've been in a little bit of a rut in terms of some of the stuff that's coming out, at least in the areas that I have interest. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some great shows out there. I just absolutely adored this season of Strange New Worlds, but I'm not like a Trek person. Like, I don't know. I don't have the knowledge to really speak into that whole experience. That being said, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Strange New Worlds in this discussion of Ahsoka and just kind of Star Wars in general, because, and it kind of pains me to say this, there's a lot of things that right now Trek is doing really, really well, and Star Wars is pseudo failing at. It used to be the other way around. Like it used to, Star Wars, it was like I was a Star Wars guy, I was not a Trekkie. Like in the wars between the wars and the Treks, I was team Star Wars all the way. And I still very much am. I'm tied to that lore. Like that's that's kind of where, you know, my headspace lives. But I can't deny some of the awesome things that I see going on over at Star Trek. And I wish, well, at the very least, I hope that maybe Team Star Wars can kind of like look over at what's going on with Team Star Trek and kind of take a couple of notes and maybe learn from that. And maybe, I don't want to say change course per se, but maybe change course per se? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But first off, let's talk about Ahsoka, right? Like there's a lot of really great things that are going on with this series. For one thing, I feel like this is being driven by a lot of people whose love for Star Wars came out of the era that my love for Star Wars came out of. And this is not just because of the whole heir to the empire thing. This is not just because of the Grand Admiral Thrawn. There's just a way in which they're approaching Star Wars and these characters that feels very familiar to kind of like the pre-prequel era of the Star Wars fandom. It was very heavily driven by books and video games. And there's a lot about these characters and the stories they're telling that are very reminiscent of some of those video games. Balon, for example, awesome uh, villain kind of hanging out in the background, gives a lot of Jarek vibes in terms of, you know, kind of being this former Jedi that's kind of a dark Jedi that kind of kept a low profile during the whole empire. And now he's kind of, you know, making his moves, but he's not like, I don't know. Jarek was, was a little bit more like, I'm going to be Emperor 2.0. And, you know, Balon is a little bit more like, kind of a remorseful Dark Jedi. We don't know a lot about him, but I'm very eager to, to find out more about him. By the way, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson, because fantastic actor, really loved his work on Blackbeard, or as Blackbeard on Black Sails. I thought he was a phenomenal, probably one of the best takes on that historical figure that we've ever had. And so I, I hate to see him go, but I'm glad that we've got this awesome, you know, final performance from this. I say final performance. I, I don't know if he recorded other things, but I'm, I'm just glad that we have him in this. But no, his whole approach, like him, these other Jedi, you know, his apprentice, this kind of questionable Merrick, you know, who is Merrick? Is it, <laughs> is it Starkiller? Uh, is it Ezra from the past future? Is it 
Snoke. You know what? It might be Snoke. Have we considered it, it might be Snoke? It might be Snoke. Or it might just be some dude named Merrick. I mean, it could be any of that is possible. But they're out here. They're kind of freelance post-Jedi Order Dark Jedi that are supporting this move to get Thrawn in. That's a very kind of Star Wars video games pre-prequel era of the fandom. And one of the biggest things is that we have Ahsoka training who someone who at the very best is mildly, if even that, force sensitive. Like the concept of force sensitivity in kind of like, oh, this person like is lightly force sensitive or or is a Jedi, you know, like like there was like this dynamic of assessing someone's ability to tap into the force before we had the lingo of midichlorians in their blood. That was one of the reasons why midichlorians were so polarizing is it was so different from what we had been told and taught in how anybody could become a Jedi. You just had to train. Some people it came more easy to, some people it was a lot harder. And the midichlorians, I always argue, didn't negate that fact. It just means that, you know, the people that had higher midichlorians in their blood could access the force more easily. I think a lot of people at the time took it as like, oh, okay, so if you don't have midichlorians in your blood, you can't access the force. My mindset was, okay, the midichlorians is in everybody's blood. It's just your levels kind of depict as, you know, how force sensitive you are. And through a lot of training, perhaps you can still access the force. So this concept of even like approaching somebody like a Sabine, someone who is at best mildly force sensitive, if even that, to train them in the ways of the Jedi is fantastic. And I love that concept. And I want to be very clear here. I love that concept. Not sure that I really love it for Sabine's character, <laughs> to be honest, but I love the fact that they're exploring that as a concept. Also, Shin, the uh, kind of dark Jedi apprentice. We don't know what her deal is, but her whole vibe is very interesting. And I'm very curious to see kind of where she come fr- comes from, what her relation to Balon is. You know, like, like there's something here. She feels like she's almost more of a dedicated dark Jedi, probably because she was raised as one, as opposed to somebody like Balon, who I presume fell from the order. And it was more of like a Dooku-esque type of character. There's another thing I really like about this series. And honestly, it's something I like about Star Wars as a whole in the modern era of kind of Star Wars post-rebellion storytelling like the very realistic political tensions of the fact that you have this galaxy that was divided, right? And broadly imperial. Then you had this rebellion rise up and they put down the emperor, but that didn't change the fact that there were some people that were kind of digging the empire. And now they're being kind of forced into this new Republic. They don't really have any place to go. And as they even point out, what Imperial remnants are out there are scattered without any kind of centralized leadership. This is setting up this, you know, Thrawn coming in and what they could do with heir to the empire. And it's, it's exciting. It's very, very exciting. Like, yes, there's a political element to this, right? Like as modern American audiences are, you know, watching this, we are also experiencing a lot of political tension where, you know, we're right down the street from our neighbors and we have vastly different political views. Like this is this is the case. I'm not gonna get political. Don't don't worry. I just appreciate how Star Wars has always been able to kind of, you know, have its finger on the pulse of that political tension of the moment. Like I think they've been handling that really well, especially since they've been giving us these kind of imperial characters that are, you know, still kind of loyalist and kind of close-minded and everything else. But then they also give us kind of these Imperial characters like, uh, dude, what was the TIE fighter pilot that was in Mandalorian, right? Like we get kind of these inverse of characters as well as former rebels that obviously were on the good guy's side, right? Except now that the Republic is the new power structure, they're finding themselves not wanting to be part of that. 
that complexity, I think, is really solid. So anyway, I just I just wanted to acknowledge all of these things that I feel like Ahsoka is doing really well and what's working, but also what's not, right? So uh, this show suffers in a similar way that I felt like Book of Boba Fett suffered, which is that we're throwing the name of a popular character on a series that probably shouldn't be that, right? Book of Boba Fett, aside from his constant flashbacks from the Sand People, which was never the more interesting aspect of that show, like it really should have been just called like the Sands of Tatooine or something of that nature, because it was really more about the transition of Tatooine post Jabba and the power vacuum that existed. Right. And then we got a bunch of honestly pointless flashbacks with Boba Fett to try to humanize him or make us forget that he worked for the empire. Or I don't know, whatever the, those are for, but you take out that, which was the worst part of the show. And it was really just the Sands of Tatooine. It was just the stories or the tales of the book of Tatooine here. We're presented with Ahsoka in name only because Ahsoka's here. Obviously, she's kind of a centralized character. I'm not trying to take that away, but this is really more of like a continuation of Rebels. If anything, this should be a Rebels live action show. It, it is a Rebels live action show, but I would prefer for it to be billed as such with Ahsoka as more of a side character so that once we're done telling this story and setting up what will be the heir to the Empire, probably with most of the Rebels components wrapped up so that they won't be quote unquote required viewing for wherever they take heir to the Empire, like then maybe we get our Ahsoka story. Like, I'm far more interested in Ahsoka's potential dynamic and relationship with Luke Skywalker than I am with any of these characters in terms of their relationship to Ahsoka. Doesn't mean that I don't care. I'm excited to see a continuation of Rebels, but I would like that to be a continuation of Rebels. Rebels was fun when Ahsoka was there, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't her show. She was like a supporting character. So the inverse of that, where it's now like, okay, so Ahsoka is supposed to be the focus and Rebels are supposed to be the supporting characters, except the plot line is going to drive around Rebels. It just, in my mind, doesn't work. I realized I had to pay off the ending of Rebels with Ahsoka coming back and with Sabine and like, we're going to go find Ezra and yada, yada, yada. As well as the fact that, you know, when Ahsoka first shows up, she mentions Grand Admiral Thrawn. I love the idea of Ahsoka hunting down Thrawn, and I think that's kind of cool. But I feel like maybe one of the Rebels characters should be there, maybe Sabine, as she's doing this alongside Luke and the relationship between her and Luke. And what is that when he's the child of her former mentor, who was also the greatest villain, and they both have this kind of traumatized relationship because of who Anakin was and who each one of them knew him to be. Ahsoka really knew him as Anakin. She didn't really know him as Vader, although she experienced that momentarily. Luke really only knew him as Vader, although he did experience Anakin momentarily. Like, that is a very compelling relationship that I would love to see explored in an Ahsoka series. But we're getting Rebels Season 4, so that's, that's what we're getting. Here's the other factor, though, and maybe to some extent this is why I'm glad they're not going down this route. Dawson, you know, look, I'm, I'm a fan of Rosera Dawson. I think she's done some incredible work. Loved her work in Luke Cage, as well as many other geek properties. She is very deep in the fandom, and I'm here for Rosera Dawson. That being said, because of her, in like, because she is so ingrained in fandom, I think she's aware. I could be wrong here, but I get the sense that she's aware of the weight that comes from portraying Ahsoka, who is a beloved character by modern day Star Wars fans, like one of the most, if not the most beloved characters by modern day Star Wars fans and bringing that character to live action. She's aware of like the weight that carries. And I feel like because of that, she's kind of handling the character with kid gloves like, you know, everybody's talked about the fact that this is kind of like a stoic portrayal of Ahsoka. And I would even argue that if you go back and watch kind of late 
Rebels and even like the last season of Clone Wars, we, we see where Dawson is kind of pulling from for this take on Ahsoka. That being said, in my opinion, when you take on a character, you have the ability to make it your own. Stay true to the core of who that character is, but you need to be able to act, which Dawson definitely can, but you need to be empowered to act. You need to be empowered to make that character your own. And I just don't get the sense that she's willing to really kind of, I don't know, get comfortable with the character beyond just taking that stoic approach which honestly is a little boring to watch. I mean, I'll just be real with you. Like, you know, she busts out the lightsabers. The action sequences are incredible. It's fun to see Ahsoka in live action, but the acting, the take that Dawson is bringing to the character is just very bland, which is very unfortunate because she's a great actress. She can do a lot more with this. And I know that she was a big fan cast here, but I just, I don't know that we need to keep fan casting people, y'all. Like, why not let the creators cast who they think is good we would have never cast heath ledger as the joker and then look what we got you know what i mean like remember batfleck remember how we joked about batfleck for like decades and then he ended up actually being an incredible batman in some very subpar movies but still so there's that so okay here's the deal right this is kind of going to get me to where i feel like star trek is doing some things really well that star wars is bombing on and it really comes down to this concept of like bringing animated characters into live action. This season on Star Trek, they brought two characters from the animated series Lower Decks on for an episode of Strange New Worlds. Arguably one of the best episodes of Star Trek in quite some time, if not ever. Like it was a lot of fun, even me with my limited knowledge. I mean, I do have some, you know, I, I, I watched some DS9 here and there. I was able to get most of the jokes and references along the way. Not all of them, but I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. But here's the thing. What they did, and this is so great, they got the voice actors to portray the characters in live action. This is the way, okay? <laughs> this, this is the way. Ahsoka already did this, by the way, with Clancy Brown and even with uh, Hu Yang, which, by the way, love seeing that that droid has, has made it to live action. Fantastic interpretation of the droid. Fan, like, no notes. Doing great. But for a lot of these characters, like, they would really benefit from the full-on taking the voice actor and bringing him into live action. And I realize that they're not going to look exactly like, but this is where I point back to Star Trek. The voice actors don't look exactly like their characters. There's some similarities, like very small similarities between the two. But like the Boiler character in particular is like, that actor is very, very tall. And his character is not very tall on Star Trek, on Lower Decks. And Mariner is also not a one for one for her, you know, animated version versus her live action version. But this is the thing, because not only are the voices there, because it's not just how they sound, but the characterizations are true to the characters from the animated series. It's just brought into live action and your brain kind of does the work. On top of that, we've had so much time pass that if these characters look a little older, a little bigger, whatever it may be, that's kind of okay on Ahsoka, right? Like it's been a couple decades or at least a decade. I don't know, whatever it's been, it's been some time. And I do get it. Like I think in, especially in, in uh, terms of Sabine, I understand why a character like Sabine needs to be cast appropriately. But on some of these alien characters, I just think it was a massive missed opportunity not to get the voice actors in and portray the live action version of these characters. I think even in the areas where it's like, okay, they don't quite look right well, none of these characters are quite looking right. It's almost like kind of a, a reverse uncanny valley, right? Like we, we know what they look like in animation, but then when they're live action, they don't look real for some strange reason. 
but we can get there. And I think having the actors that know, understand, and have embodied the characters for years, portray the characters, would go a long way. Hera is a great, like, they should have done that with Hera. Like, that's an easy one. Like, that's, that's, even, that's, that's not even your main character. I don't know. I just, I feel like Ashley Eckstein should have been Ahsoka. I'm going to stand by that. And again, that's no disrespect to Rosario Dawson. Big fan of her. But holistically, this is where I feel like a page from the Star Trek book would really benefit Star Wars which is to lean in and take the voice actors and have them actually physically portray the characters if you are going to bring them into live action. The other last thing that I'm going to say about this is that Star Trek has recast James Kirk of the T variety. They, they got a new James T. Kirk. The dude doesn't look like Shatner. That's okay. He doesn't have to look like Shatner. He's got, you know, some, some like classic Shatner, you know, when Shatner was in his prime, right? Like there's a, they're both handsome dudes. I'm just saying they recast the guy and this, actor has really made that character his own while not diverging heavily from the truth of who that character is. And he's had some wild opportunities with strange new worlds. He's only been on a couple of episodes because this is great in this series of strange new worlds. Their Luke Skywalker, if you will, of James T. Kirk is a supporting character as a Luke in an Ahsoka show could slash should be. And I think it's time, y'all. We need to recast Luke. People are ready. The deep fakes are fun and it was fine for like a moment. But like if we are going to want the heir to the empire story that we really want, if we're going to want an exploration of a character like Ahsoka in this era of Star Wars, we're going to need a fully formed, a fully fledged Luke Skywalker. We do not need to wait for Mark Hamill to die. Okay, we don't. We can cast a new Luke Skywalker if they can do it with Kirk like for the second or third time now, whatever it is, they could, they, we can do it with Luke. Okay. So we need a new Luke. We need to cast these characters for a new era. We don't have to wait for people to die. We can, we can do this y'all. I just, this is, this is my thoughts. So broadly speaking, this is where I feel like Ahsoka is doing well and where maybe it's not doing well. We'll see where the series goes, goes as a whole. I'm going to be tuning in for it. I don't know that I'm going to be doing an every episode type of thing. It might be like after a collection of episodes, some new thoughts come in. I'll hop on here share some more thoughts. And by the way, I'm trying to get more comfortable with the concept of actually jumping on and giving some critique or observations on shows that I know nothing about. And I'm coming into blind or cold. Specifically, One Piece is coming out tomorrow. And listen, I know nothing about that anime, but I love me some pirates. And so I might be watching that show as the from the perspective of someone who, well, has never seen the anime, but loves pirates. We'd love to hear your thoughts on all this. You can head over to Twitter or whatever it's called now. TV Talk FM is the handle. Also, you know what? Just hit me up on Instagram at incognitebo. I'll put the link in the description for this episode. Please follow me there. I got some cool things in the works, uh, some fun things to share with y'all. I also, ooh, you know what? I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it and tell it about to tell y'all about it later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stay tuned. I got some things to share with y'all. But in the meantime, that's gonna do it for me for now. But don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. <laughs>